Um, really being intentional about setting boundaries, knowing that you're not going to get it all done, you know, that you have on your list and being okay with that is, is really a key to, you know, strategically prioritizing what does need to be done and spending the time on the right things. Do you want to learn effective ways to build relationships, generate sales, and grow your business from successful entrepreneurs, startups, and CEOs without listening to a long, long, long interview? If so, you've come to the right place. Gresham Harkness values your time and is ready to share with you precisely the information you're in search of. This is the I Am CEO Podcast. Hello, this is Gresh from the IMCEO podcast, and I appreciate you listening to this episode. And if you've been listening this year, we're doing something a little bit different where we're repurposing our favorite episodes under certain categories or topics that we think are going to be extremely impactful for CEOs, entrepreneurs, and business owners. This month is going to be about not forgetting about the human part of business. Often we forget about the human part of life. We often forget about the human part of business. So look for self-care tips, fitness, burnout, purpose, biz and personal, personal branding, motivation, drive, success, understanding your why, and of course, how important customer service is. But at the heart of it, it's all about remembering the human part of business. So sit back and enjoy this special episode of the I Am CEO podcast. Hello, hello, hello. This is Gresh from the I Am CEO podcast. I have a very special guest on the show today. I have Trisha Montalvo-Tim of TrishaTim.com. Trisha, it's great to have you on the show. Thank you, Gresham. I'm so happy to be here. Yes, I'm excited to have you on as well, too. And of course, before we jumped into the interview, I want to read a little bit more about Trisha so you can hear about all the awesome things that she's working on. And Trisha is a board director, venture investor, speaker, and author. She is a first-generation Latina who rose through the ranks of Silicon Valley, advising high-tech companies, big and small, culminating in the sale of data analytics software company Looker to Google for $2.6 billion. Trisha is one of the few Latinas to have to obtain the triple achievement of reaching the C-suite, joining the board, and cracking the venture capital ceiling. Trisha's industry recognitions include the 2020 Women of Influence and La- the Latino Business Leadership Awards from Silicon Valley Business Journal, and the title of Diversity Champion from the SVBJ Corporate Council Awards. With her new book, Embrace the Power of You, she hopes to inspire anyone who has ever felt like an other in the workplace to embrace their true selves, their own identity, and achieve success and fulfillment in their life and career. Trisha, super excited to have you on the on the show, even more excited about all the awesome things you're doing. Are you ready to speak to the IMCO community? I am. Thank you. Let's get it started then. So to kick everything off, I know I touched on a little bit when I read your bio. Could you take us through what I like to call your, your story here a little bit more? What gets you started with all the awesome work you're doing? Yeah. So let me tell you a little bit about where I came from because I think it, it provides a lot of color to my story. So my parents were both immigrants to this country. My mom is from El Salvador. My father is from Ecuador. Grew up down in Los Angeles and I was born in Los Angeles. And they wanted, you know, the the American dream for our family. And they brought us out L.A. into a predominantly white community where I was pretty much the only Latina in our school. And, you know, from there, you know, they also got a lot of discrimination. And so, you know, they really wanted me to have a better life. So they really encouraged me to assimilate and hide my identity a little bit. And that's how I through my life and career. And as you mentioned about my book, a lot of my book is talking about that journey of 
what hiding who you are, what that toll might take on you as a person, and what a disservice that is to our corporations and organizations that we're part of. I was really blessed to have a phenomenal career, which you mentioned in my bio. I was a corporate securities lawyer working in Silicon Valley, worked with lots of companies from startups to, to large public companies. And and most recently, right now, I am what I call doing a portfolio career and, and have my hands in a lot of different things, including board work, nonprofits, and venture capital. Nice. I, I truly appreciate you telling, telling your story. And, and then I, I love the, the word that you said that really resonated with me. You said you're doing a disservice. And, and I think that's so powerful to understand. And, you know, as I think businesses and organizations start to build better businesses, I, I'm going to say, is it so important to have those different perspectives, that different lives that have been lived, the different journeys, the story, all those things build up into, I think, building a stronger business. And I probably imagine you think the same thing as well, too. I do. And it's it's a challenge because oftentimes, and that's why, you know, I say the book is for anyone who felt like another, because when you are another, it's really hard to show up authentically because either the mainstream culture or media or the people around you are all um, valuing something different than who you are. And it's difficult to get the courage to come up and show up authentically. But the, the service, what that is, is that we have these communities of so many different underrepresented identities across the country, and that we as businesses and CEOs, and there's a huge business opportunity there to to market and serve these communities. And if we're not allowing or creating a culture that allows people to show up authentically and bring their ideas to the table, we're not going to design and provide the services to these communities. Yeah. If that, you know, culture, for lack of a better term, isn't really there, then it can't prohibit that opportunity for the businesses to succeed today, but also succeed in the future. No, I agree. And I think the smart businesses are doing exactly that. I saw a press release recently from Square who just translated, I think, 32 of their products into Spanish really tap into the Latino market. And we have the Latino small business is one of the fastest growing businesses in the country. And so they're, you know, they're realizing the value of, of thinking about all different communities. Yeah. So I know you touched a little bit upon like what we can find in your book, how you're working with to serve your clients. Was there anything else you wanted to mention that we can find there? That of course, what you feel maybe is your secret sauce, the thing you feel sets you apart and makes you unique. Yeah, you know, I think one of the great things about the book is the book is for anyone who feels like an other and it takes them through the journey of, you know, why do I feel like validating the that, you know, the the media and culture and the other aspects that maybe contributed to feeling like another so you don't feel alone. And it takes you through the journey with the tools that I just mentioned and to the other side. But I also made sure that the book was also for any manager or leader in an organization so they can see what someone like me or others like me might be going through and might in create empathy for that experience. And at the end of each chapter, I have manager strategies that help the manager think, okay, so now you have a sense of what someone might be feeling. What can you do as a manager or leader to create a culture that might serve them and that might provide the environment by which they will show up authentically? And I think that's a real benefit for, for corporations and organizations. 
Yeah, absolutely. And it sounds like I'm going to use the word holistic. And it sounds like, of course, the person that's going through that journey. And, and I, I think, first of all, validating is such a huge thing, because I think when we go through or we feel that other feeling, we can sometimes feel that it's not justified. It's not real. It's not it, it shouldn't be something that we should feel. So validating is so huge in and of itself, because I think it lets us know that it's OK to have the feelings, have yeah. those human feelings. But to, again, like feel as if we're, you know, hand in hand going through that journey and understanding the resources, the things that we need to get to that other side. But I say holistic because it's not just a, I'm going to work on this myself. It's also like a, a an environmental thing as well too that leaders can do. So I think that manager piece is so huge because it not only provides that empathy that you talked about, but I imagine pr- provides greater awareness around the resources and things that managers, leaders can provide so that they can create a great environment. You know, just hiring diverse employees and doing nothing to create the environment, but where they will succeed is going to fail over time. And so part of my purpose in the book is to try to give and start having the discussion about how environments and why they're important important for managers to be very intentional and how it's their responsibility also to do this work. It's not just on us. It is their journey. And if I can help, you know, I, I really believe... If, If I can just help one leader at a time start their journey and go through it, we're going to see change. That journey takes a long time. So having these discussions is really important. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, the book that you've written and all the information you provided is is so vital and important, you know, for so many different aspects. So I I appreciate you for sharing your story, of course, and of course, you know, sharing your your genius and your experience as well, too. So I wanted to uh, switch gears a little bit. And I want to ask you for what I call a CEO hack. So this could be like an Apple book or a habit that you have or potentially something from your book. But what is something that you feel like makes you more effective and efficient? So actually, you know, one of the books that I read was a book by Tiffany DeFu called Drop the Ball. And this book I read when I was a working mother, you know, working as a general counsel of a company that was scaling, very busy and couldn't find enough time in the day to do what I needed to get done. And what I loved about this book was that it demonstrated how you can take everything that you do in a day and decide whether it's necessary, whether you can outsource it or whether you can drop it. I think looking at everything that we do during the day, there's so much that we've just brought into our lives that either unnecessary or we feel like we have to do on our own, but you know, refuse to get help for it. And there's some things that we just, we're just going to choose and intentionally say, we're not doing that anymore. And I think that for, for those that are, you know, either balance, trying to balance a number of different things at the same time, whether it's a family or, you know, taking care of an elderly parent or, number of different things that might be happening, really being intentional about setting boundaries, knowing that you're not going to get it all done, you know, that you have on your list and being okay with that is is really a key to, you know, strategically prioritizing what does need to be done and spending the time on the right things. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you sharing that. I definitely have to check out that book. And so what would you consider to be what I like to call more of a a CEO nugget? This is a little bit more word of wisdom or piece of advice. Again, it might be something from your book, but it might be something you would tell your younger business self, your favorite client, if you were to hop into a time machine. You know, the value of building authentic relationships. Um, When you're younger, you hear the word, you got a network. And so when I heard the word network, when I was a young person, I thought, okay, I will go to these happy hours, 
back in the day, give out your business card and call it a day. And actually those networking events were quite stressful for me because I tend to be an introvert. And so the social anxiety that comes up with having to meet new people was tough. But that's not what networking is, Gresham. You know, networking is building and nurturing genuine relationships over time. And so the people that you run across, no matter whether it's the CEO or the executive assistant and everyone in between matters. And what you can do to build those relationships, help and support these people throughout your career, when you look at your career 5, 10, 20 years down the line, that's where your network is. Those are the people that are going to show up for you when you're building your business, trying to hire employees, do whatever what you're doing to try to you know amplify your own career. If you spent years helping, nurturing, having lunch, checking in to all these people along the way, that is so important. And that's that's how you build a network. Yeah, and I absolutely love that kind of like, for lack of a better term, reframe related to understanding like what network it is. And it can be very, it can produce a lot of anxiety by feeling like you have to go to a networking event and meet every single person, you know, shake every hand and you know, talk with everybody, get their business card or so on and so forth. But when you start to think of the, I think the organic nature by which you're able to build those relationships, those connections, it sounds for one, a lot more, you know, stable and it builds for a long time versus somebody just having your business card and maybe calling you, maybe connecting with you on LinkedIn, but not actually going a little bit deeper. Yeah. Absolutely. Appreciate that. So now I want to ask you my absolute favorite question, which is the definition of what it means to be a CEO. And I think you mentioned like being a portfolio career. I think I think you said that you had. So from your perspective, what does being a, a, a CEO mean to you? Being a CEO is a huge responsibility. I think you're the person that sets the tone and the culture of the company. And that especially right now, I think, and I think you mentioned it earlier that we're in a I think in a in a, a different time and time of transformation in the workplace, we I see a lot of new technologies and and research around what's called future of work, and that's because in post pandemic, um and Gen Z, all are looking for different things in the workplace. They are looking for careers filled with purpose, and so I think if CEOs are not keeping culture at top of mind as they build their career and not serve as a role model to that culture, I think businesses are going to struggle. And I think it's really important for the CEO to really live that and not just speak it. So I, to me, I think the best CEO and the best leader is somebody who puts employees first and culture first. Trisha, truly appreciate that definition. And of mm-hmm. course, I appreciate your time even more. So what I want to do now is pass you the mic, so to speak, just to see if there's anything additional that you can let our readers and listeners know. And of course, how best people can get hold of you, get a copy of your book, find about all the awesome things that you're working on. Thank you. This was such a great conversation. I love I love this topic. And I think, you know, I, I touched on the things that I care about, which is really for anyone that ever that feels like another, that they're in the workplace, that uh, you are not alone. And you know, my book is really to speak to those people and, and give you the tools that you need to get through your journey. My book is available on Amazon and, and all retailers uh, where books are sold. And you can find me at trishatim.com. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And to make it even easier, we'll have the links and information in the show notes too, so that everybody can follow up with you. Of course, get a copy of the book as well too. And I hope you have a phenomenal rest of the day. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the I Am CEO Podcast powered by CB Nation and Blue 16 Media. Tune in next time and visit us at imceo.co. 
I am CEO is not just a phrase, it's a community. Get your driven CEO gear at ceogear.co. Don't forget to schedule your complimentary digital marketing consultation at blue16media.com. This has been the I Am CEO Podcast with Gresham Harkless Jr. Thank you for listening.